<clears throat> check, check, check. Checkity, check, check. Are you ready? Ready. Welcome. Welcome to the file drawer. Hello, Eric. Hello. How are you doing? I am not going to lie to you. I am hopped up on coffee. Are you? <laughs> I have had two cups of coffee since lunchtime. That's good. And it is 4.30 right now. Yeah. I normally cut myself off well, well before then, but I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. I had two this morning and then coffee seemed like a good idea this afternoon. So uh, I'm ready to go. You're and you're choking on something over there. <laughs> I was I just took a drink of Sprite, then I started laughing, then I started choking. <laughs> Please don't die. Yeah, I won't die. Don't die on the air. Yeah, man, I, I love I love that afternoon coffee. <sighs> Here's the thing, though, Buzz. it's crappy coffee. I, yeah. I'm 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 out of my good stuff, yeah. and I just have this little baggie full of terrible coffee that I'm drinking. Is and it just like regular coffee, or is yeah, it like, it's or just it like real off-brand? it's just an off-brand that's old, and it's just all I had, and I need to use it up before Ooh. my my. <laughs> 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 that was. Awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm all hopped up on bad coffee. So this is going to be a great episode, I can already tell. All right. All right. So how do you feel about the fact that we recorded like three days ago? Do, you, do we have stuff to talk about? Um, I think we can, we can pull something out of our hats. behinds. Our hats. <laughs> our hats. Our, our behinds. Okay. Um, uh, of course we can. Come yeah. on. That's what we do every week. I'm gassy. I just had this Sprite, which I haven't drank a Sprite in forever, and it's pretty much almost gone. How, how, do you, is Sprite one of, your, one of your favorites? Back in the day, yeah. It used to be always what I got at McDonald's yeah. when we would go. I'd always get a Sprite with it. Yeah. I don't know if it's my favorite anymore, though. 7-Up is underrated. Is it? I thought No, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I meant Squirt. Mm. Squirt is underrated. 7-Up mm. <laughs> is identical to Sprite. <laughs> No, they're different. No, they're the same. Slightly different. Okay. I don't know how, but... Well, let's fight about it. Yeah. Uh, so, so what's going on? What's what's going on in your world, Mr. Eric? Uh, nothing. Um, again, near the end of me working at one of the jobs that I work. Right. Um, That's exciting. It is. So, yeah. um, thinking about sort of plans over the next couple months, things that I hope they accomplish. Goals, things like that, which I'm not going to state on the air. Of course not. <laughs> um, but uh, today, I was just telling you before we got in here, mm-hmm. um, the the survey for our lab has been launched a couple of days ago. So the, people are, the 360. Yeah, so people yeah. are starting to take that. And the process that uh, the assessments lab sort of set up, sort of the, the revised version of it, uh-huh. seems to be working okay. There are some bugs or kinks that... I've had to look into and try to work out in terms of, um, I don't know, people registering more than once through Eventbrite. But nothing is falling apart or crashing or anything of that nature. Yeah, nothing is falling apart. Nice. That's so good. always exciting. Were you were you nervous when they launched it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And actually, um, <laughs> I had forgotten, that there's a part of the survey that um, authenticates and then pulls through a web service, pulls like all their information from Eventbrite uh-huh. into the survey data. 
and I had changed that uh, a part of the the, the uh, syntax just to kind of test it out, uh-huh. and I actually hard coded it with the actual order number. It does about one oh, okay, number. yeah, yeah. To te- so to test for it testing, out on your end. Okay. and I ha- I forgot to put in the actual like placeholder sort of um, syntax. Uh-huh. And so um, before GLI, another lady actually happened to purchase it, and I have it automatically set up to send the assessments at uh, the assessments email address, uh, email address yeah. um, an email when orders are complete. And so I saw that, and it, like the information was wrong. It was like this yeah. test information I had, yeah. you know, set up. So it's like E Eric something whatever. Right. And I was like, whoa, something's <laughs> wrong. So I had to like look back through. This is a couple of days ago. Look back through, and. Try to figure out what was going on, yeah. and I quickly it was e- it was easy fix, right? But I was so happy it was easy fix because yeah. otherwise I was like, oh, this is going to be a hot mess. And and you were somewhat lucky in that somebody purchased or someone started it before the big launch of this program yeah. happened too, yeah, which yeah. is nice. Yeah, so that's good. Um, so I'm happy about that. I'm still just kind of monitoring monitor, monitoring Monic- it, yeah. um, but I'm trying to give myself a break too. And hopefully, I didn't say this last time, but. The expectation that everything is going to work perfectly, A, is already ridiculous. Yes. But then the expectation that everything is going to work perfectly on the small scale, me fiddling around, you know, yeah. there's there's not that many resources. Yeah. This is not your full-time too. job. Yeah. And given that, you know, these huge companies, this is what they do, are always running into problems <laughs> yes. all the time. And it's not like they hold off before they launch stuff. Yeah. It's almost like you have to launch it to, to, to find the to stuff. Find you it. never find the, the errors yeah. until you launch. Yeah. So yeah. So the you know the thing in the news that just not news, but the thing sort of on my mind over the past couple of days was like I guess Google or something or Gmail or something had some sort of privacy or some some things set up to prevent like phishing or something like mm-hmm. that, and some person was able to bypass it, and then they tried to fix it, and then they were able to bypass it again, and they let them know. You know what I'm saying? So right. It's like, uh, so it's these a, people are experts. A, bene- a benevolent hacker. Yeah. It's like these people yeah. are experts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they're and, not. Yeah. You know. <laughs> perfectly. Yeah. Well, and you're also, um, I wouldn't say you're cobbling together, but you're not necessarily using like software expressly for the purpose of running 360. You're using what you have access to and creating a system that we can do, that we can use as a organization where we have basically, you know, no budget to to buy legit software. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's cool. I admire you and your ability to make things like that. You've put a lot of work into this the past uh, few months, I would say. That and other stuff. Yeah, yeah but yeah. you've definitely spent a lot of time working on that. Yeah. Cool. So, does it feel good to have that launch out? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Um, so, what are we talking about this week? What do we got? We, we possibly will do some Yahoo. You want to talk about poop and beards. Uh, I have a time management thing we can talk about. Where should we start? Yeah. <laughs> So the poop and beards thing. Let's put let's put the cut some context. I also want to just paint a, a picture here with words for our for our listeners. You have a great beard. You have a great right beard now. as well. You have a greater beard than me right now. I've recently trimmed. Yeah, you have trimmed. But yours yours <laughs> is looking good. Um, I don't know. So so people are posting like on Facebook and stuff like that about uh-huh. how much bacteria is in, in beards and stuff. Because I guess some news um, station randomly got guys off the street and tested you know, or looked at the bacteria in their beards. Not any type of scientific setup or anything like that, but no, the no. reactions to this and these posts on like Facebook and other places are just funny to me. See, I feel like they could have done the exact same thing and just taken people without beards and been like, how much bacteria is on your face? face. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. But no, it's just a way to, to stigmatize us men with beards. I know. No, don't grant it. I mean, I imagine like it is a yeah. thing of hair that can capture 
additional stuff than not. You know what I'm saying? I do know firsthand that beards can capture food because yeah. mine does all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's, you know, there's probably some truth there, but I'm just saying it's like, oh, come on. It's not, it's like I said, I said before, it's like the dress thing. Everybody's such overreacting <laughs> to these like yes. things and posting it. Like, oh my gosh. Man. That is called going viral. Yeah, that is what it's called. I'm so old. <laughs> um, have so. you experienced this with your beard? So you're sitting around and you, you know, you realize that like you taste a little like maple syrup uh, on your beard. And you, then you start thinking, when did I eat maple syrup? And you realize it was not today's breakfast, but the previous day's breakfast that you can, that no. you still have on your face. No. Yeah, me neither. I've never, I've never experienced <laughs> it's that. It's got, when you take a shower, uh, wash your beard. That must beard. not have been right Wash there. your beard. I know. Do you <laughs> use shampoo on your beard? Uh... No, but I'll use soap. Yeah, well, yeah. I would hope so. Because I don't, I don't have. Oh, yeah, you've got no hair on top of your head. Not shit, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> all right, yeah. Uh, th- there was something else I wanted to say about that, though. The um, the whole. Oh yeah, well, I have a question too. Is this going to change your beard uh, maintenance um, plans or beard having plans? I, I was not that article, but I was like, you know what? I get out. <laughs> said to somebody, I don't want people reading that and then look at me and say, oh, look at that guy with a poopy beard. <laughs> I don't want that judgment. I can't handle that pressure. You know what I'm saying? I, that, if you're going to assume, make these assumptions about me yeah. with a beard and stuff. So I may, I may, I may cut it. And I was thinking about cutting it anyway, but. Cut it off or just trim it? Cut it off. Oh. Smooth face, man. Makes me sad. Baby face. All right. Baby face. Um, going with the poop conversation, I just wanted to say, <laughs> on your mom's house podcast, I was listening to it today. That's that's it's a podcast that appreciates the same type of dumb humor. It's it's very offensive. So if you're easily offended, don't listen to the podcast. But they talk a lot about brown, brown talk. That's what they call it. <laughs> and so they were, I was listening to the episode, and uh, this morning, um, actually not too that long ago, and they were talking. They were doing a, a bit called Brown Lock. Where she, <laughs> there's a couple, and the wife basically starts, speaks in this terrible, like, southern accent, like Matlock, and asks questions <laughs> about her husband's browns. Oh, okay. You are so easily it's amused. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's so not funny, but it's funny, and it's, anyway, whatever. Uh, All right. Yes. Now that we've got the intellectual talk out uh, of the way. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, what else is going on? Let's see. Here's something for you to bring it to somewhat psychology yeah, and yeah. my wheelhouse. So <laughs> not that I can't hold my own with poop talk, but I mean, I did grow up with four younger brothers. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I can yeah, handle yeah. some poop talk. All right. All right. Um, but so I am working with a professor uh, at the Drucker School, the business school here to put together a two hour time management workshop that we are delivering to museum leaders, but they're not executives. They're uh, like mostly curators. I guess the, the program is through GLI, the Getty Leadership Institute. Um, but so as part of their homework, basically, they've been sending, they've been answering questions that we had emailed to them, basically asking them to lay out their time management issues, like what their challenges are at work, what they've tried to overcome them, things like that. And everybody's emailing back, basically saying some variation of, I get way too much email to handle and I have to be in way too many meetings, which I could have predicted this before we yeah. sent this out. Like yeah. that's what everybody says. And what we have been kind of throwing back and forth, the, the professor and I is how do we tackle this? Cause on the one hand with my experience of talking about this stuff with other people and coaching people respond really well. And just look at like the popularity of like articles, like eight ways to 
do better whatever or like life hackers type, type stuff. People respond really well to very tactical tips and tricks type stuff to do better at this stuff. Um, and I would argue that those, while they feel good and taste good, kind of like candy, they aren't actually very sustaining. And I don't want our workshop to be an hour and a half of us throwing out tips and tricks to address this kind of the, the, the symptom of having lots of email and having lots of meetings. Instead, I want to tackle more the cause of that stuff. And anytime you're talking about time management, the, the real causes are things around setting priorities and knowing what your priorities are, having the courage to say no to things that are scary to say no to, uh, tons of relational stuff in terms of managing upward to your bosses and managing outward and delegating. And these are all much more nebulous and not concrete and not easily put on a list and said, hey, go do this. So we are we are basically doing more of what I've just described in the workshop, but I'm anticipating a lot of pushback or just questions and frustration throughout the workshop as people kind of crave that that life hacker candy that we're not going to give them. Okay. Except for a t except I am going to create a one pager full of tips and tricks and tactical stuff that they'll get at the very end. Yeah. But I mean I think I think giving that to them just to kind of satisfy that craving mm -hmm. is is important. Mm -hmm. You know, so you almost have to know your audience type of thing. Yeah. I think I think that is important. At the same time, like you said, if you can get the same old for the most part, you can get the same old thing from anywhere. Yeah. It, you, know, you know what I'm saying? So, like I said, all of us know... Most people, by, by the, I guess, the level they, that they reach, know the sort of basics yeah. and to-dos. Yeah. It's what's keeping them from doing what they know right. what to do. And what's keeping them from doing that is not not knowing the tips and tricks. Exactly. And and there's plenty of resources. And most books are about stuff like that. And there's tons of articles out there that, you know, basically start with a prime number and tell you that many ways to do a thing. Yeah. Uh, and I just don't think that's very useful or, or helpful. So we're trying to really challenge them to tackle the bigger issues of, okay, you have time management issues? Well, Let's talk about your priorities and how you're not, how you may not even know what they are. So let's figure out what they are first of yeah. all. When you say then, priorities, let's break that down. So what do you mean? I mean, so a lot of these, a lot of these people say like the work I need to do to keep moving forward in my career is um, a lot of writing and researching and stuff I need to do on my own quietly, and I can't be distracted and have interruptions. And most of them are saying that, but just due to my work. And due to because the way my work is, I don't get that because I'm going to meetings, I'm responding to thousands of emails, I'm at basically at everybody else's beck and call. Or another way to think of it, they're always doing the latest and loudest, and therefore not doing the really important but not urgent stuff. So you say your priorities are to you know do that non-urgent important stuff, but the, your actions show that it's not an actual priority. Yeah, and the only way. You don't carve out that, you know, two hours a week or an hour a day by, by tips and tricks. You don't, you don't, you know, you suddenly have a tip about email and suddenly now you have two hours to think, you know, big about your job. Yeah. You only, only way you carve that out is by changing expectations around what your boss expects you to do and how you delegate and what you take onto your plate and what you feel comfortable saying no to, yeah. which is hard and not easy to do. And also not a thing where you can just kind of like flip a switch and have it be done. Yeah. Um, 
one of the points that we're really gonna, I'm really trying to make at the end of this is that getting better at time management or any sort of self-improvement, but in this case, time management is a process and not an event. And I think a lot of times the frustration comes out of going to a workshop like this or reading a book, trying to adopt it and thinking like, if I just do this right, things will be better. Mm-hmm. But it's not a one-time thing. And it's, it's, a, a, it's a very slow, gradual process where you pick one thing out of the two hours that we spend with them and you work on that for three weeks. And if it goes well, then you can take another small thing and add that on. And over six months or a year, you're substantively better at time management, but you can't expect any sort of like monstrous change right out of the bat, right out of the gate. So I know that's what I've been thinking a lot about and trying to figure out how we're going to go about making this engaging and keeping people interested. And even though when they're trying to wrestle with tough stuff. Yeah. So what that has me thinking about is, so when you say priorities, I don't know. My mind goes to like thinking about values. Mm, yeah. I mean, would that be They're definitely connected. connected. I mean, your priorities are going to come out of your values. Yeah. Whether you, and the thing is we all have values, but most of the time they're subconscious. Yeah. We, we, no, we haven't sat down and actually figured out what they are or made some intentions about what we want them to be. Yeah. Um, but the decisions that we make do come out of those, whether yeah. we know it or not. And it's, it's almost like, you know, like, trying to use the example that you gave earlier. Um, it's almost like, although a person says either something is a priority, or, you know, it's mm-hmm. important to them to do A, but instead they do B. What's mm-hmm. the, the loudest? What did you, what did you say? Latest and loudest. Latest and loudest. Yeah. And oftentimes that stuff may come from a boss or whatever. Yeah. And it's really when you uh, sort of through some reflection or if you sit and think about it, the priority is not A, but the priority is not pissing your boss off. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. well, and people need to think about that. You know, that takes, why do you think that always comes up to the front? It's because you jump and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I can't. Right. Or certain expectations have been set between you and your boss mm-hmm. through years of working together that you immediately drop everything and, mm-hmm. and do something. And I'm not saying immediately stop doing that and becoming unresponsive, but there is, are there are conversations you can have with a colleague, including a boss. There are slight behavior changes on your end that you can do to start changing expectations yeah. as well. Uh, somebody, I think it's Merlin Mann, has a great quote about priorities, and it's basically... If if something is truly a priority, it'll be it's already done. Like like we like to use this word priority, but we've almost stripped all meaning from yeah. it. We say oh, I have forty seven priorities. Well, that's insane. Like, yeah. By definition, you can't have everything that you do be a priority. But we all like to think that we can do everything. We all like to think we're great at multitasking, even though research says like less than ten percent of us are actually good at multitasking. Yeah. So that's part of what we're going to be bringing into it because they wanted us to kind of give some academic framing to what we're doing. So in the very front end of this workshop, I'm talking a little bit about multitasking and also the idea that physiologically, and this is kind of to just bring everybody to a point where they don't feel like a freak. And so I can show them that we evolved as humans to respond to stress in a certain way. Mm you know, run away from this bear that is chasing me or turn around and fight it. Like our body physiologically, adrenaline, you know, you're, you're ready to go. But we also evolved to have spikes of stress followed by plenty of relaxation, plenty of rejuvenation. And that works great. But now 
we have kind of like this constant low level or medium level hum of stress. And physiologically, that means we're always reacting to this stress. And that's why we have so many, you know, heart problems and exhaustion and things of that nature. So it's, it's not necessarily their fault that they're feeling so overwhelmed. Like evolutionarily, we did not evolve to be able to handle the information that we have to handle in modern work right now. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean there's not things you can do to, you know, get better at it. So you're going to have everybody pull their phone out and and break it (laughs) on this chair, on the desk. I should, we should collect phones though, as everybody comes into the room maybe. And so they can't be distracted. It's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. And, you know, that would be even interesting to then question, like, you know, some people are going to be freaking out. Yeah. There will be people who will freak out. And we're literally talking about an hour and a half of, like, not having your phone. And, uh, I mean, again, this is more than, maybe this is more in the coaching realm that you do, but, like, questioning why. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Or even have people sort of reflecting on what what, what are they feeling having governed up their phone for an hour and a half. It's just an hour and a half. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I know some people are going to be like, it's okay. Yeah. Some people are going to be like, oh, I have to check. Some people yeah. are going to be so self-important. Some people, don't get me wrong, world truly have stuff, but some people will be so self-important that they really don't have anything, but they're just, oh, this is, yeah. you can't take yeah. away my phone. This is, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, whoa, whoa. Um, yeah. And that's, I mean, again, talking just like biologically, phones and the information that we get from our phones are literally mirror like slot machines Mm -hmm. and addiction so i mean i i can totally see why they why we have this connection to our phones that we do but yeah i would argue it's not necessarily the healthiest way to be going about uh our work and our life yeah but i'm guilty as guilty of it as anyone else oh yeah definitely but it's a type of thing if you take deliberate effort to do little things throughout the day, even if it's just a matter of I leave my, you know, I never bring my phone into the bedroom, for example. Yeah. Like that's just a thing that I've tried to do. And that, that little concrete rule makes it easier to, you know, not have it always with me. I, I don't need my, my phone. I'm trying to go to sleep. Like yeah. that's just a, setting me up for bad habits. You get to the bathroom? Oh, all the time. That's where <laughs> I get my uh, best reading done. Are you kidding me? Yeah. We should, uh, somebody should do a bacteria swab of our phones. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so time management stuff, that's fun. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, time management is attention management, actually. Think so? Yeah. Okay. I do. Because we, we all get the same amount of time. Like, it's 24 hours is the time that we get. So it's much more about how you go about managing your attention throughout those 24 hours. You know, I would say there's more to it, though. I mean... Lay it on me. <clears throat> so, for instance... Me being, well, we, we all get a certain amount of time, but some people require more sleep than others. Some people, sure. Require, I mean, to a certain extent, there's only a small portion of people that don't require less sleep. But for me, I love when I'm able to wake up feeling fresh and able to accomplish it like a lot mm-hmm. before 12. I feel so good, mm-hmm. you know? Because um, your attention is at a, like a higher quality then. Yeah, but I'm saying this, but I also get up. Oh, you know what I'm yeah. saying? That I, when I hear people telling stories of like, I hit my snooze button. Oh, yeah. That's These people the are worst. The, like, snooze buttons are a terrible times. idea. I hit it five times. I'm like, what are we doing? Because you're not even getting high quality sleep. From the first time your alarm goes off yeah. through your snoozes, it's not like you're going back into deep sleep. You're not getting restful sleep. All you're doing is cutting into the time where, you know, you could actually be making progress on something. Yeah. Or, yeah, I, I have, that was the thing that I tried to eliminate from how I, how I wake up, yeah. you know, a long time ago. And then just, you're at, I mean, so, all right. 
but you're right. I mean, I, I'm not going against the statement that we all have the same amount of time. There's only mm-hmm. 24 hours in a day. But I'm just saying other ways and how you um, kind of view the day. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, when they wake up, I think this is, you can make a conscious, well, you can work to make a conscious effort toward this. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just making stuff up. This is me really pulling out my butt. But some people wake up just with the aggressiveness of, oh, this day is going to be terrible. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then because of then, their attitude is so bad of the day, they wake up and just, oh, open. Versus some people spring up. I remember, I think I told you about uh, watching Jerry Seinfeld on like maybe comedians in cars getting uh, coffee, drinking coffee, <laughs> either on that or something else. But he was talking about, yeah, wake up, get out of my bed. Now, granted, Jerry Seinfeld is filthy rich. He's living a very, very different lifestyle. Yeah, but yeah. He's like, get some, go to the sink. Cold water, splash in my face. One, two, three, I'm up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that attitude, like, go. I mean, I'm not saying you have to be, personalities are going to be different. I'm not saying you have to be like, oh, go, yeah. go, go. But how you how you attack your day, or maybe not attack, how you... Uh, Just go about it. Well, how uh, you deliberately choose what to do. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, that's, I think what you're getting at is the idea that have the first things you do in the beginning of the day be things that you actually enjoy. Uh, and, and also, secondarily, avoid uh, potential triggers that'll set you off into a bad mood. Yeah, which yeah. is why, again, not having my phone in my room means I can't check my email while I'm laying in bed. Because sometimes email has awesome things in it, and but sometimes, sometimes it has crappy things in it. You, know? you get a, a student complaining about a grade. You get uh, an advisor upset about a thing that you didn't do. I don't need to start my day reading that. But I do like to start my day with coffee and with reading something for fun. And that's what I do for at least half an hour every yeah. day. Because at least then, if I'm tired and laying in bed, I know the first things I'm going to do today are two things that I want to do anyway. So it's yeah. a hell of a lot easier to get out of bed than rushing to do something I hate. Yeah. And then, on top of that, uh, people do have different lives. You know, mm-hmm. so Some people have families. Some people have 20 kids. Hopefully no one has 20 kids. 20 kids and counting. Um, some people might be taking care yeah. of the alien grand, grand you exactly. know, father or parent. And that's the reality of the world. Yeah. Um, well, that's why I think even too, regardless of what you, you know, your, your situation, and I'm not saying you have to start every day with a half hour of just doing everything you want, but even the first three minutes of your day, if it's uh, getting up and getting a cup of coffee or getting up and doing something small, that sets you on a more positive path. Yeah. That's possible, I think, for for nearly everybody, regardless of, of situation. Yeah. But yeah, it's important to remember that everybody is different, has very different contexts and very different uh, situations. Yeah. Not everybody is a uh, is a very time work flexible graduate student. Yeah, they're, yeah, just pretty great. That's actually something to think about when you're presenting. So they're not going to be yeah, like, yeah. "What are you talking about?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm hoping that the fact that I've coached lots of people on this and we've gotten a lot of their direct emails that I've been reading mm-hmm. will help set me in that context of understanding what their world is actually like. Yeah. But that is something to be aware of. Like, well, why can't you guys just chill out like me? Hey, man, What's just, wrong with you? Hey, just relax. Just relax. Just don't check your email. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst. That is the worst. Yeah. You know, um, talking about bringing your phone to bed, I like listening to podcasts as I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. But it's bad because in the morning, I do exactly what you say. Like, can be bad. Yeah. Immediately, like, I don't check my email per se, but if it chirps, yeah. I'm like, oh, what was that? But it immediately switches me. Like, oh. Yeah. Like, like oh, what is that now? You yeah. know what I'm saying? It almost changes my mindset. And that's not good. That's not mm-hmm. good. So, I know with, like, iPhones, you 
you probably with all phones. You can do set, not disturb. Yeah, you can turn it like turn it off during a certain setting or yeah. turn, you know whatever. Have it timed or whatever. Um, I need to look into that. But yeah, I have on yeah. iPhone. It's just something called Do Not Disturb. That can you can set a time frame basically, and in that time frame, it won't make any sounds. Yeah. Um, so I think I have it to like eight o'clock. Not not even vibrating. It won't even vibrate. Yeah, yeah like, it sits there sometimes it's vibrating or, oh, yeah. or just as vibrating. <laughs> okay, I know ostensibly you put things on vibrate so it won't make sounds. I have not ever met a phone where you can't tell that it's vibrating when know. it is. It's just like a different sound. <laughs> Even and, and it, it amplifies the sound of like based on what it's on. Yeah, if, if you I have it sitting on a table. Yeah, it's, it's so ridiculous. As as our long term listeners may know, you can hear phones when they vibrate, yeah. even when you are listening to a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, so yeah, that's been that's my half hour rant on time management type yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's my jam. You know what I've been interested in, which I might try to do some reading on over the summer, maybe, but um. And again, and again it, my interest in it stemmed from my conversation with the guy who helped me out with Qualtrics stuff, and I asked him right. what, what his research was. Yeah, that was the guy was like really responsive to your questions, and yeah, and I don't even know what, where he's at. I, I think he's a college student. I don't know, but he's okay. working with someone at Stanford, I believe. But um, doing the uh, working with first, it's called MOOCs. I am massively online open courses. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm thinking about like Coursera, yeah, know, yeah, Coursera, Coursera, and things like that. We, yeah. you know, we 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 have access to, and obviously, you know, Stanford they have a bunch of this because they also do research in this area, mm-hmm. and um, the ability to provide adaptive learning um, seems really interesting to me. Um, What's uh, what what is what does that mean? Um, really, having, in, in, uh, so the MOOC itself, okay, and then um, using it using um, sort of adaptive learning environments within that MOOC is one thing that they're looking at. So, so can, it adapts it, to how you're doing on it or like yeah. where you need more help and yeah. it's kind of different for each person? It can be different. Okay. But I'm saying it's even the idea, the concept is kind of new, so it can right. be different. So as I, I'm going to describe it as what I briefly read in something that the guy sent me is they think of it in terms of like MOOClets or something like that. But um, yeah, based on sort of the knowledge that you have or have obtained, probably based on some either test which i don't think that's how they're doing it or something else it decides what lesson is next for you ah uh, okay you know yeah and so it kind of tries to meet you where you are right so like a real a, a real basic idea would be all right you do a quiz at the end of a lesson and you bomb it and it's like here maybe here's some more supplementary material on this topic yeah and i'm sure okay. like the algorithm that they use more like, advanced than that yeah but. or different i mean that might mm. be it depends um and so the idea i was thinking because I, I actually thought about this a long time not a long time ago but I uh, working in my old job doing, I worked with like computer adaptive tests and I was like, yeah, this would be really good if you could like in, in like even in school, um, use some sort of system like this to sort of do like quick assessments, not these long, mm-hmm. you know, drawn out crazy tests at the end of the year, just one solid, you know, test that's supposed to mean everything, you know, how they're doing. Um, but if you could use like the quizzes, they're better developed. You know, there's a lot more into this mm-hmm. to actually make it work. But use little quizzes to be like, you know, Quizlets or whatever, sort of test their ability level at the time. And then sort of develop their learning or, uh, sorry, their training or their education around maybe where that deficit is. Hmm. You know, if they Mm -hmm. feel, if they seem, and then increase the difficulty where they're already doing well in, you know. So I looked into that a little bit and it looks like some researchers are kind of looking at that angle in terms of adaptive uh, learning environments. Mm -hmm. I thought that was so interesting. I was like, oh, I might 
try to. I mean, yeah, I don't maybe know. there's something there that yeah. you can push forward or do hey, for I, research. I don't know if it would help me out in my career, but I think it's interesting. Like, yeah. it, my problem is thinking everything is so interesting. I, well, I don't think that's a problem. That's yeah. never a problem. Um, as as you're describing this, I, I'm I'm thinking back to the very beginning of my undergrad when I had decided that I'm going to be a teacher. I think in the back of my mind, for some reason, I thought that's what that's what being a teacher is like. I'm going to know my students really well and know, you know, all right, this guy, he, he's doing really good at this, but he needs help with this. So I'm going to give him this resource. And romantically, that was the idea. But that is not the case when you see 150 students yeah, every one, day. Yeah, and one teacher to that, man. It's hard. Yeah. That, I mean, that was, I think, a lot of my frustration with with being in the teaching profession and kind of quickly bailing on it was realizing that what I wanted to do would never happen in a, a public school setting, mm-hmm. um, which was frustrating because I, I actually, I love that process of working with a small group of people or one-on-one to identify where those gaps are and then help them come up with strategies to close that gap. I mean, that's kind of what coaching, uh, coaching is. So yeah, I, I you need uh, we need uh, those adaptive learning systems paired with a teacher who cares, yeah. and then have that be like a, I think that'd be a great way to yeah. to learn. I mean, I think hopefully the future is going this way, but you know everybody wants either online learning yeah. or in class, and I'm like, what about a hybrid or yeah. something? You know, or even if it's the teacher engaging with students from afar, we have mm-hmm. so much technology now. But I think yeah, if you pair, pair sort of the you know some of the learning online with something adaptive and stuff. With a couple with a teacher or maybe a couple you know, mm-hmm. different, maybe there's there's something there. Yeah, and I mean, you would think too. We've got to be moving in that direction because that's so much more scalable than shoving human beings into a room with one teacher human being and saying, "Now learn and yeah. be prepared for the future through this." It's it's. I mean, so, there's a reason why software is so huge. I mean, it it scales really really well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think we, you know. So our last episode, we talked to Susan. She had some thoughts about education, and I think, yeah, we. I I hope, and I think this is true, that when you and I are old, and we look at the education system that the youngins are going through, it'll look completely different from what we went through. Yeah. I hope I get to tell stories to my great grandchildren about the archaic school systems that I went through as compared to what they do. <clears throat> Really hope so. Yeah. How much have schools really changed since? Not a like lot. The early 1900s. You know what I'm Not saying? Not a lot. You know. Yeah. So yeah, hope. Hope they're very different. Yeah. Uh, you know what? And it's a, I'll say this about a couple of things. I don't even know for the for the uh, better or for worse. Just be, be different. different. <laughs> Just be different. Just be different. You know. Yeah. Um, try something. You know. Well, Here's so. How does innovation happen in just industry? You, you have to be able to take risks and take and, and basically make experiments. And look at that data and keep what's working, change it around. And you, you basically keep doing small experiments over time. That doesn't happen in education right now. There's no way that it can yeah. because with, I mean, I'm not going to get into the whole idea of standardized testing and stuff, but just by the fact that we do have standardized testing, there's no, no teacher has the freedom to really take big risks on anything. Oh, no. Oh. It's, just, it's just not built that way. Yeah. So we shouldn't be surprised that an industry that is structured in a way to prevent risk-taking is exactly the same as it has been for the past 100 years. Like, there should be no surprise there. And until some major structural things kind of change around, I don't see things changing yeah. a whole lot. Yeah. I don't know. That's the, the first thought that came. 
I carried them a mile. But how school changed over the past whatever years? Mm. Integra- oh, integration. Integration. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's, that's that, a good point. That, that even happened well, that long ago. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so and, but sad. I mean, it's still not. It's I not know. like it's perfect integration. Uh, it's um, it's interesting. Anyway. Yeah, and there's prob- there's less hitting. There's less corporal punishment. Yeah. For better or worse. Yeah. yeah. There were definitely some kids that I wish I could have hit. <laughs> there's just so much more to learn now, though. It's true. You know, this and, is ridiculous. And. I've already said this many times. It's not even the content necessarily that is the important thing to learn. Yeah. Google is an amazing thing. Learning how to use Google well and even knowing what to look up and how to use that information is much more important. Yeah. Or even like creativity, like developing creativity. I think a lot of schools still operate under this assumption that you're either born with creativity or you're not. I remember thinking that I was not one of those creative people because I didn't do well in art classes. Yeah. And nobody ever, like, corrected me on that. I, most teachers were like, yeah, like, this is just not your thing. Like, that's, not, that's not helpful. That's not <laughs> actually, even, like, that's not what research says. Like, you can learn to be creative. And, yeah, yeah it's frustrating. Yeah. See, I, I went to a magnet school. I, right. I don't know if this is what magnet schools are. I've heard people describe magnet schools, so I'm assuming... They usually have like a, a theme or like a specific thing. Maybe. No? It was international right. magnet school. Okay. But um, so we had a lot of different electives we could take. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about this because my sister just recently ran into my elementary school um, art teacher. Mm. <clears throat> so I took different stupid electives, man. And so one elective was like sewing or something like that. Nice. I don't know. Um, so in that class, we made... I think it was. I think it was art. I don't know. Was it a home ec class by no, chance? Was, I sewed something in a home ec class. Some, it wasn't home ec. Right. But I made. The, I believe it was in this, her class. Um, I made this little uh, uh, pantyhose doll type thing, <laughs> and I still have it at home. It looks so tattered, and it's stuffed with like cotton, and I have like its army jacket on them, and it's in this like uh, aluminum can, like this big aluminum can. Please bring that back. And it, his, his name is Chip. <laughs> I have the words chip <laughs> written on it. It's so stupid. That's awesome. A, uh, what else? Others dumb projects. I mean, I just did a lot of dumb projects in the class. I remember I made a, uh, a, a pillow in the shape of a foot in a, in a home ec class. Uh, I used to have it. I haven't seen it in a long time. I think it may have died. It was hand-sewn by me, so I can't imagine it was very durable. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, there, I got a sense of uh, a little pride out of making yes, that. Yes, yes. Pretty yes. great. I also, in home ec, learned to make an egg in the microwave. Um, and bacon in the microwave. You crack it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. put a whole egg in there. Oh, well. I know you do things. Yeah, you crack it and, and you, you just kind of scramble it up. You throw it in the microwave. Boom. Scrambled yeah. eggs. Same thing with bacon, though. And that was actually a great learning for me because I like soggy bacon. And yeah. you get pretty soggy Mike, bacon yeah, in the microwave. Yeah. Like oh. chewing that bacon. It's so good. Chewing that bacon. One step away from an oink. <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> sympathy laughs thank you sympathy laughs no I'm joking uh, I appreciate it <laughs> oh, I'll be sure to give you plenty of sympathy laughs on Friday uh, at the improv show yeah just kidding I give you real laughs I like that look do you think there's going to be many people there who are just there for the party and like, like oh, there's improv happening? Probably. Yeah. Do you, does that, because that, so that changes the nature of the crowd a little bit in that, at all your previous shows, I mean, it's people who have expressly come to see you guys yeah. perform. It's does that change it at all? I think, yeah, I, th- I think it definitely will. Yeah. I mean, to kind of 
wind up at an improv show is different than saying, you know, I'm deliberately yeah. going to see improv. Yeah. You know, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But if it goes really well, I mean, you can feel even better about yourselves then. Because if you can convince people who didn't know they were going to see improv that you, that they had a good time, like that's even, even better. I'm concerned about the sound level, mm. you know, so. Yeah. It's going to be, we've done it out. Done it outside before, but yeah, if there's a like large you, you crowd. You guys aren't wearing like amplification of yeah, any kind. Yeah, we don't have microphones or, and um, people know, just have to crowd around. So we'll see. How, how do they do it in Shakespeare's day? They Amphitheater. Sp- <laughs> they spoke really loud at an amphitheater. There you go. Their time, and I don't mm. know. But yeah, yeah, you know those those amphitheaters are set up to sort of balance the sound yeah, back. Exactly. Um, I don't think we are. I don't think you're going to be in an amphitheater. We are not. <laughs> We're going to be in Hegel Bargers. Hegel Bargers. Bargers. Huh. There's a clip. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think... Don't people can hear it. I don't think people can hear um, it. Then we're just... Yeah. Get too much background information for people. All right. So what else is... Um, the Hamburglar is back from McDonald's. Robble, robble. Yeah, I saw that. That looks uncomfortable. Like Because <laughs> well, he, he's like a middle-aged dude. Just some dude. Yeah. Some dude with a mask. I guess he has like a backstory. He's been a suburban dad. And now, for some reason, he's turning back to a life of crime. And he slims, but he slims down. Yeah, he's gonna fatten back up if he eats more. Hamburgers. Well, and he, and he got some new teeth. And he only the the previous hamburger had one tooth. Big chubby guy, one tooth. Was the previous hamburger the previous one? Wasn't that chubby? He was. Decent. He was not chubby. I think he was. Con- so he had like he had a he had a cherubic face. No, he had, uh, okay. <laughs> he was he, round. He had a round face. He had a face. Like a hamburger. No, he, his face was not like a hamburger. He yeah. liked hamburger. Looked like a hamburger bun, though. He was a per- okay, maybe. Okay, how are you going to tell me that guy right there is not chubby? He is not chubby, dude. See, the, the he's a little bit chubby. Nah, he's the expectations <laughs> that we put on, oh, upon ourselves. <laughs> if, uh, that, if that guy's all right. chubby, all right, fine, fine. The hamburger was not chubby. He was just a kid, I guess, or like I don't even know how old this old now, guy was. Look at this! Be. Look at this old hamburger. See that? No, that was no. a cop. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, that's a, what about grimace? Is grimace around? I was gonna ask what is what what is or was grimace? Grimace was, grimace was chubby. I know he's the purple one. Grimace was chubby. Well, I don't even know if you can use chubby because he wasn't even like a humanoid. He, he's he, a purple he, blob. He, in fact, is a humanoid. Isn't that what, that would be, what a, a humanoid would be like a human-like creature? Uh, I guess His so. arms, he has a face. <laughs> is, that, is that the criteria to be humanoid? <laughs> yeah. Dogs? Well, I guess dogs don't have arms. Uh, he, work, he walks on his uh, legs. He walks legs. on his legs, okay. What, are, what were those things? What? All right, so yeah, this is not yeah, again. Well, we'll put notes and we'll put pictures in the show notes. Eric is looking up the McDonald's mascots. From our there's a from bird. The what there's a bird grimace and these like little um, poofy like pom pom looking things. Oh. Interesting, <laughs> interesting. I love me some McDonald's though, and I wish I didn't. It's it's so, so bad and it's good. It's so not good, but it doesn't. No. Even, I don't even know if it tastes good, but it hits the right. They have it hits the right um whatever. Yeah, well, I mean it satisfies everything. The right the receptors. right receptors are being hit. Yeah, yeah. I'm like oh god. I'll, <laughs> It's yeah. It's been very excuse, excuse that noise. It's been scientifically just well tuned to what we want. Yeah, it's so good though. Yeah, man. The um, I like the Big Mac, but the Big Mac's such a waste of money. See, I've never. I don't think I ever really get the Big Mac because I 
I don't know if I liked the the meat to bun ratio. Oh, it's Big terrible. Mac. Yeah. It's terrible. The beat, it's terrible. I always it's went all real about the simple. Sauce, and then you can put the sauce on yourself. I was all about when I was a young kid and I stopped getting Happy Meals, I would get quarter pounders with cheese because that it's made me choice. feel kind of adult. That's, that's I still really choice. like them. Now, now though, maybe this is just a remnant. Actually, I know exactly where this comes from. It comes from being poor. Um, <laughs> the dollar menu. <laughs> You want to go? You want to go to? Kind of. You want to go for dinner? I'm, I mean, it's it's five fifteen right now, so yeah. we'll just wrap this up and go to McDonald's. I got a I got a while before I brought McDouble McChicken small fry yeah. was what I used to get in college all the time. Yeah. And if I was really hungry, either you'd either double up the McDouble or the McChicken. Mm. So you get three sandwiches. Bold move. I don't think my metabolism can handle that anymore. Yeah, your body goes into shock. <laughs> yeah, I guess kind of pass out, yeah. twitch. Yeah. Um. Hmm. We haven't done a, a Yahoo in a while. Do you want to check Yahoo? Let's check Yahoo. Useless Yahoo News. <clears throat> so, I, I think a while back I said Yahoo disappointed me. Yeah. What was up with that? Um, and I, I remember it now. It's because in these like cl- clips that are not news, <laughs> um, underneath the ticker, like you know they have a list of articles underneath the ticker. Yeah. They use those... like slang words in it. Like so, I think they were talking about something being like. It's like a sling word called um, uh, like shade, throwing yeah, shade. Throwing shade, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what are y'all doing? Well, I Don't- think these are very much uh, attuned to what you have, basically not- attuned to you personally. No, no, they're not. Are you sure? I get a ton of hockey ones. And I'm guessing not everybody else is getting hockey things, hockey uh, updates. I've seen hockey stuff have before. You? All right. Well, maybe. I don't know if I have one now, but. All right. Hold on. Which national chain delivers the best pizza? Do you want to just guess before I tell you? Um, national chain? National chain. Delivers the best? Uh, I, say, I think it's the question. I would say uh, No, guess which pizza is best? Out of, out of one of the options. Uh, looks like you've got Papa John's. Oh, they're going to make me click more. Come on. So I hate great. when they break that up across. Just the way to get page views, and it pisses me off. Hold on. I'm opening it. Papa John's, Pizza Hut, Little Caesars, Sbarro, Domino's. That's it. Uh, all, of them are, pizza. all of them are kind of terrible, but Domino's is probably the top. Indeed it is. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? Because weren't they, they were terrible. And then they did that really interesting ad campaign a couple of years ago. We're like, hey, we know our pizza was terrible, but now it's better. Yeah. yeah. I, I liked, I enjoyed that. They also changed their crust. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. They changed their recipe and everything too. Yeah. All right. So like, let me pause. Actually, before. I, I do like me some Domino's pizza, but I'm a Little Caesars man at heart. You know, Little Caesars, old school Little Caesars, nothing beats that. No, go deep dish. The deep digital Caesars is much better. Trust me. I don't like the. Yeah, you know what? You know what they're also doing? They're slowly tricking you that it isn't hot and ready for real. For real, they the little Caesars by here pisses me off all the time. They never have anything ready. But I think that's how it has to be. No, Other like, than, otherwise they waste it. I think back in Michigan where we where we take our little Caesars very seriously, they have plenty of hot and readies. Out here, we're far away from the source. People, I guess, we're on the wild edges of little Caesars, and it's pissing me off. Right, so speaking of, that's the most angry I've been in days. That's speaking really of, sad. Speaking of pizza, I'm, I'm out of the ticker now. Okay. But the headline caught me because it's connected. So a woman seeks rescue from boyfriend in online pizza order. I know. I heard about that. That's crazy. Oh, that's, oh man. So she just called for pizza? No, through the app. She did it through the app. Oh, what? Oh. And in the comments, she was like, I'm being held hostage. Call 911. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy. Man. And then they did it. And then they came and rescued her. Oh, my God. That's pretty impressive. I'm going to find one more. Have you seen the new Avengers yet? I haven't. Me neither. People are saying it's good, though. People have. When are you going to see it? Uh, I don't know. 
Maybe we'll see it together. Maybe we'll I'm see you, it. I'm asking you on a movie date, Eric. <laughs> um, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, me neither. My roommates, I think, have saw it when they were in Vegas. Um, okay. I think they might see it again, though. I was th- actually, I was thinking about seeing it the other day. Just in the, I woke up in the morning. I was like, you know what? I should just go during the day. No one's there. In and out. Go watch it. No one's there. Gosh, I would have. That would have been a good idea. Yeah. Uh, here's the last thing. And this is actually not useless. This is actually very interesting. So I'm, Yahoo is, su- is simultaneously making me happy and disappointing me. Mm. Uh, world's first self-driving truck hits the road. And so it's a semi-truck. It's self-driving. It's actually... Uh, like happening like out in the world that's actually work. that is actually a good idea yeah but they have somebody and it's not they have somebody in the truck who's just minding the systems basically okay in case something terrible happens but tell me this doesn't look like a transformer <laughs> <laughs> of course they make the first autonomous semi truck look like a transformer uh, yeah <laughs> anyway so, uh, so Yahoo is becoming less and less useless evidently we learned about pizza and semis. We're not talking about the biggest news of this past weekend, uh, Manny, Opaki, Manny Pacquiao. Oh, yeah. Mayweather fight. Did you watch it? No, I didn't. I heard it was... I mean, I wanted Pacquiao to win because... I streamed a bootleg. Um, <laughs> um, good call. <laughs> a lot of people were doing that with Periscope, I guess, on Twitter. Periscope. There's this app that basically makes it very easy to uh, basically do live video. Um, and I think a lot of people were using it to stream <laughs> the right. fight and you can people were watching it that way. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big boxing fan, but and but from what I have learned about Mayweather is that he has a a checkered past in terms of beating up ex girlfriends. I know, yeah. which is like I don't want to, I don't want I don't good things to happen to yeah, this guy. Yeah, uh, but yeah. it turns out Pacquiao's shoulder might have been hurt. Yeah, I think his shoulder was. I think and I just saw like yeah. um, they might be trying to sue him because of that. Yeah, well, and I guess in the pre. Uh, fight like health checklist he didn't indicate that he had a, a previous injury yeah. so they wouldn't let him take an injection right before the fight to numb it and so his camp has been talking about that but yeah exactly now you've got people who uh, I think the, the it's a class action lawsuit including people who paid for the pay-per-view and people who lost money betting on this fight that by hiding the shoulder injury they basically he his yeah. camp screwed them over and which he, is interesting he donated to uh you don't, I think he donated $40 million to charity. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird, man. Uh, apparently people... I, I don't like boxing that much either. It's mm-hmm. boring to me. And mm-hmm. this one was boring to me. Yeah, because Mayweather ran around and avoided getting hit too much. Yeah, but apparently I mean, if, if you... If you study the sweet science, yeah, yeah, but then you can say that's a boxing strategy. I get, that's legitimate. I, I, I totally understand stuff, that yeah. too because I enjoy watching a low-scoring hockey game. That's kind of a defensive battle, and the average person who doesn't know the game would be like, "This is stupid." Yeah, but I would say, "No, that was an amazing game. There was some yeah. great stuff." So I, I understand that. I just have no expertise in it. Yeah, so that that happened. That was big. I'll, I was seeing in the news that um, there was like, you know, no room at like private. Air, airports or, or private planes are laying at the like local airport gotcha um, in Vegas I saw yeah I saw a photo of the airport in Vegas and they're just lined up these private jets it was, it was crazy they were parked all crazy too like lined up against each other and just it was yeah. insane yeah it's so crazy yeah. uh, I flew through Vegas earlier that week but did not see any private jets mm. yeah yeah boxing um, boxing, boxing. If we're talking about sports, uh, my team, my hockey team, is out of the playoffs. Ah, I wanted to get out. Which makes me sad. Uh, they lost in game seven of round one. So last, yeah. the the day I, I flew home. So last Wednesday? Did you, did you watch it? I did watch the end of that game, yes. Mm. 
Uh, we listened to the first half driving home from the airport and then caught the end of the game. You blame their losing on you not being able to watch the full thing. Kind of. Doing and that. I didn't have my jersey with me and I wasn't eating pizza. I need My team needs me. I need to be eating Little Caesars. I need to be wearing my Red Wing jersey yeah. and we probably would have yeah. won. Did he really uh, have those thoughts and opinions? Like, I mean, I like superstition. Uh, Every game at home I've watched, I've worn yeah. my jersey and ate pizza. I don't, I don't get, I don't get folks like that, man. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't. I don't like, I, in a, like, of course, I know this has no effect, yeah. but I like the routine and the ritual of like yeah. this is how I watch playoff hockey. You know what though? There are people that I think feel that way and are serious. There are, I just don't and, get and they're called goalies. Goalies are weird as hell. They have very weird superstitions in hockey. You talking about real goalies? I'm talking about real hockey goalies. Oh, no, if you play, have all the superstitions you want to have. <laughs> okay, but if, you, fans, if you're a fan, you're not allowed to have superstitions. No, come on, man. <laughs> no. I want to feel like I'm part of the team. No, I know it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. No. But the big, the interesting, kind of interesting, the interesting thing is that the biggest n- thing going on in the NHL right now, the biggest kind of thing up in the air is not a player, but actually a coach in terms of where a coach is going to land. Really? The Red Wings have arguably uh, the best coach in the NHL, and his contract is up at the end of How this year. How long has he been with them? Been with them for 10 years. So he's been there for a while. Won a Stanley Cup. One or, no, two, I think. 2000, maybe just one. But uh, arguably one of the best coaches in the... He's going to be, he's going to be the highest paid coach, oh. uh, whoever ends up signing him. So... People are speculating as to whether he'll stay at Detroit, which is a you know a historical, very successful organization with some pretty good upcoming young players, or whether he'll go to like Toronto, which is kind of if you're a Canadian hockey player or Canadian coach, going to Toronto and being because Toronto is like the Canadian yeah. hockey team, and they've been terrible for a long time. So going there and being like the savior that resurrects them yeah. is potentially appealing, but also. There was in the draft this year, uh, basically what you would call like a generational talent. Mm. Like every few years, somebody comes through uh, who is just heads and shoulders better than everybody else. So the last time that happened was Sidney Crosby. He plays for, for Pittsburgh. Course, so everybody kind of like knows that name. No, never mind. <laughs> um, so this guy just yeah. got drafted. His name's Connor McDavid, and yeah. he got drafted by Edmonton. So now the people are saying maybe Backlack will head to Edmonton because he wants to coach. Him. You know, again, a really bad team. It's close to where he's from. So there's a lot of speculation, a lot of nervous Red Wing fans out there that we're going to lose our, our coach. So there's a deep dive into Detroit hockey that yeah. everybody cares about. Yeah. yeah. But we also have our, our farm team coach is arguably one of the best, is the best coach in like the one league below. Really? Oh, wow. So if we lose Babcock, we'll probably end up bringing up yeah. uh, this guy named Blashill. So. I think the Red Wings are another one of those teams that are commonly known again. I'm yeah, like, they're kind of like not... the Yankees of hockey yeah. in that they have a very... Their their fan base is widespread. They've yeah. been around. They're part of the original six. The original mm-hmm. six teams in the NHL. Um, they were one of those. So they're definitely, yeah, they travel well. Like every road game, well, most road games, there's always a lot of Red Wing fans yeah. in the in the audience. So, so yeah, cool man. But every time the hockey season ends, there's this. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like void in my life for the summer and I start counting so, down to fill it with more pizza. <sighs> I, you want to get a little Caesars after this? Little, I, I thought we were getting McDonald's. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's get a little Caesars. Yeah. I'll get you a deep dish. We'll split a deep dish. All right. Down with that. Again, delicious pizza. It's $8 for a deep dish. Four bucks. Come on. It's great. Fair enough. It's pretty great. Fair enough. It won't be ready though. It'll, It'll be, be ready. It will not be ready. Yeah. Uh, 
All right, what else? Anything anything on your mind that you want to hit in these last couple minutes? Let's think. Let's think about it. We still haven't followed up with Allison Brown yet in terms of her, what she wants to talk about. I have no idea what she wants to talk about. Um, yeah, it's been a while. We'll have to follow up with her. Allison, if you're listening, reach out to us again. Let's, let's have a, a Facebook chat and figure out what you want us to talk about. Because you're one of the few people who's ever reached out to us with an actual specific thing that you want us to talk about. So I want to make sure we do this justice. I don't care. <laughs> you're a terrible human being. A little bit. You're terrible. It's just how I am. Um, <laughs> terrible. I care, Allison. I care. Um, yeah, so... I'm trying to think. What? I'm opening up my notes because I did add some things. Did but, you? I mean, one thing that's kind of on my mind. So the Apple Watch came out, right? Yeah. Do you have any thoughts about wearables? Um, all right. So <laughs> I'm laughing at the word wearables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I haven't watched. I haven't worn a watch in forever. This yeah. is this is how weird I am, right? I remember maybe it was in middle school. I had a cheap watch or something. And I get thrown off real quick, and I just I just like set my foot down for the dumbest reasons. Um, but I, I it wasn't in the moment, but this is as I remember it. I but someone questioned the fact that I had my watch on my right arm, my right hand. And I guess it's typical if you're right-handed to have it on your left. It's on your opposite. Because yeah, I wear it on my right hand, but I'm left-handed. And I think I was just like, "This is stupid. What are, we, what are we doing here?" <laughs> like around that, it didn't happen just in that moment. You know what I'm saying? But right. it was kind of around that area time, and so reflecting. Maybe something happened to the watch, and I just decided, yeah, yeah. screw this. I don't need okay. a watch to say, to not get the watch, you know, not buy another watch or something. Something happened. Right. But I always in my mind kind of think back to that sort of comment of why I don't wear watches. It's weird how very innocuous things can stick in our brains for a long time. <laughs> oh, so, so you don't want to wear... I, I don't wear watches. I don't wear watches. Um, but I like the idea of maybe if the watch has other functions, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I've looked at that. Apple Watch because I heard people talking about the digital crown for, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, "What is this digital crown? I yeah. hate this, and uh, I hate the, the name of that." But I looked into it, yeah. and uh, the user interface looks really interesting, mm-hmm. kind of provocative, kind of sleek, mm-hmm. um, in terms of how you can zoom in, zoom out type of thing. Um, but I've never seen like something on Yahoo where a guy accidentally ordered. The, the apps haven't really been constructed right. as well as yeah, they because well, because well, the developers were creating. V- Apple Watch versions of their apps without actually owning an Apple Watch. So okay. not really knowing how they're going to be used. Because yeah. uh, I've seen one of the guys that I follow developed um, uh, Overcast, that yeah, podcast yeah. app. And he had an app ready to go the day that watch came out. But I've seen him tweet about, now that he's been wearing a watch for a couple of weeks, he's redesigning what he created for the yeah. watch. Yeah. And uh, so they had a clip that someone accidentally ordered something off of Amazon. Because, <laughs> because, the, yeah, because, the, because the button was so big, like, you know, they did the one click. They're like, they're laughing about it. Obviously, you can cancel yeah. it. But, yeah, they go to your computer to cancel yeah. it. Um, and so I think the potential is there, um, especially if, you you know, you, when you incorporate them the, the voice activation. We get into yeah. Dick Tracy type stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and also the custom if it's coupled with the phone yeah, as well, or just any display. Well, I think, too... Version the versions after this once they're able to create it so it can be decoupled from the phone that you don't actually need to have your phone with you for it to work really well. Yeah, that'll be oh, it more has to be coupled. It has now? to be it, okay. Basically, the way it's working right now is no apps are running natively off of the, the watch. They're okay. kind of being projected from your phone to the watch, yeah. um, which is just a limitation of the hardware, yeah. I think. Yeah, but definitely. so like if you're going to go for a run and you want to use a GPS, you have to have your phone with you as okay. well. Uh, what I think is interesting and kind of ties into research and psychology is 
the better the sensors are getting on it in terms of like heart rate and skin conductance and you know movement throughout the day and collecting all that data very passively is interesting to me especially tied with research kit which is basically their framework for creating apps for specifically for research that's potentially cool and and also you know doing an experience sampling method uh research study with somebody with an apple watch it's suddenly even easier to just answer a couple questions you know randomly throughout the day yeah Yeah. getting removing that friction of doing an esm study is is interesting to me as well and you automatically get the bio data and you've already got the bio exactly um apparently it doesn't work if you have tattoos like oh yeah i've heard about that like that like it's interesting um and i learned this off of accidental tech Mm podcast of like just you know they're just talking about developers in general and um, just that they're really improving the packages and stuff for developers to develop, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't get, I didn't learn this until I listened to it. Like the reason why Apple's stuff looks so smooth and crisp and has a sort of color scheme and it always looks real tight. You know, most mm-hmm. apps on Apple because they have like this package for creating graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, right. The UI kit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, Oh, that, that's why there's like a consistency. There's a yeah. style. There's an essence. Right. The know? default is actually looks pretty good. So if you're just going to use default yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. then yeah, you've got the similarity. Yeah. But I, as that improves too, you know, just making it far more accessible um, mm-hmm. to uh, developers, you know, obviously you're going to get just more ideas, more creativity and a lot yeah. more people just contributing to their app store. Um, yep. Yep. So I think yeah, I think I think it's fascinating. I, I may go to Wear Watch someday. No. Also, I just don't like things around my. Yeah. I think I would have to adjust back to having things around my wrist. Yeah. But I think um, one of the guys on Accidental Tech was, was talking mm-hmm. about that. They hadn't worn a watch in forever. It's Marco, I think, the guy who made Overcast. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, he was like, it didn't take him long to kind of just adjust back. Yeah. To it. Um, I, I, when I used to wear a watch, I would used to always take it off when I would sit down at the computer and type. Yeah, because uh, it would bother me. But I also wore it pretty loose, yeah. so maybe if it was a, you know something tighter, which you have to if you want the sensors to work on the Apple Watch, it wouldn't bother me as yeah. much. Um, I think as the, as the hardware gets smaller, which yeah. it seems like it will, it's every, potentially. Yeah. Um, and then as the materials to, to make it like it lighter, I mean, yeah. I don't know what it's made out of because I, I wonder how heavy it is. It's, I've heard it's actually it's, it's surprisingly light. Okay. Uh, the cheap version is made out of aluminum. Okay. And the middle version is made out of steel. Okay. So that's going to be interesting as far as yeah. where that goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's, yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think it's, it's cool. I don't know. I'm probably not going to get the version 1.0, but next, next version potentially. Hmm. Let's see. I'm going to get like the, till the 7.0. <laughs> Be like eighty years that's, old. That's our. Now, I'll get the 7.0 when the 10.0 is out. <laughs> yeah. Discount. Get discount, son. That's a good point. Good point. Um, all right. Well, I think that's pretty good for this week. Good. You're good. I'm good. Uh, this has been the file drawer number 26. If you want the show notes, they're at the file drawer.audio backslash episodes backslash two six. I'm about to put a nickel in the nickel Nickelodeon. Come on, my baby. Come on, my friend. Come on, my rock time girl. Is that our outro? <laughs> That's what it's like. I didn't. I didn't say it right. What is it? Put a nickel in the nickel. No. What, I should have put a nickel put a, in the, the jukebox. Is that the word? You're no. What, for? What's a Nickelodeon? There's a, a Nickelodeon is a TV channel for children. No, no. There was no, but they, they got that <laughs> off of something. No. Before we close, hold on a second. <laughs> Let me just say. So I'm not. Saying, I like the idea of us closing on you sounding like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. No, 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 no. I am editing this week, so I do have a lot of power. <laughs> um. <laughs> Eric is holding his computer and desperately searching for something to validate his idea. No, that's where Nickelodeon got their uh, name from. Okay. Um, Nickelodeon started up in the Midwest. That's why you... Did you oh. I never had Nickelodeon growing up. I didn't what have happened? cable. I did uh, not have cable. Okay. But um, because it started up, I think, in that side of the world, there was um, 
a lot of programming that I knew about. The other people did not. Uh, keep on talking. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. Uh, We're not done yet, okay, people. Okay, here I am. Filling dead airtime so Eric can continue. To, I imagine it's hard to find information on Nickelodeon because it's keep it's bringing up the TV channel. Is my is my guess? You you would be a, oh an instrument used by the pop piano oh no a piano a player piano that's what it is oh yeah okay I don't yeah. think you put money in that yeah you don't 